This is Uncomfortable is a podcast from Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. Join host Rima Craze for a new season diving into money secrets, big and small. We all have money secrets, some are private, the kind of secret that stays in the family. And then there are big societal secrets that dictate our day-to-day existence in ways we don't even realize. Subscribe to This is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcast. New episodes out now. With a woman's eyes, I can feel you watching in the night. All alone with me and I, we're waiting for the sunlight. When I feel cold, you warm me. And when I feel I can't go on, you come and hold me. It's you and me forever. Sarah, smile. Oh, won't you smile a while for me, Sarah? Or is, uh, wait, did you ever see the episode of Boondocks where Tom was singing this and he was like, <laughs> Won't you smile a while for me, Sarah? Oh no, it was Usher. He was like, Sarah. Oh God. No, I have not. I... <laughs> it was the Tom's wife, Sarah Dubois. <laughs> what a disaster. Why is Dubois always a bougie uh, light skinned nigga name? Isn't that Listen. Tiffany's name more insecure? Is it? uh-huh amanda seals i, I think their last name is dubois back in the day nigga's last name used to be du bois du bois <laughs> all of a sudden i'm telling dubois. you it's like i know a family their names was richards for the longest and then all of a sudden one day these niggas told me it was richard and i said what since when <laughs> since when well, we looked up our heritage. No, it's been Richards. <laughs> Leave it, Richards. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I love fancy niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. <laughs> Praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to Get Things Wrong, where Jade and I discuss the worst hood we've ever endeavored to. Mm-hmm. Live in, honey, adulthood. Zero stars. Wouldn't recommend. Okay. All right, mm-hmm. a Yelp review, because, you know, y'all stay negative on there. Oh, just terrible but we're grateful we are safe and we have what we need and we're figuring it out together isn't that wonderful how you doing i'm good i'm tired you can hear it in my voice um you know i was gone you was being (laughs) you was being lifestyle with the rich and amos this weekend you know i was just doing a little something i went to the the insecure (laughs) insecure festival insecure fest Okay, I saw somebody ask on Crystal's Instagram. They were like, "Were vaccines required? <laughs> vaccines were not only required, but also on-site COVID tests." So, Period. yeah, it was not it, um, it was not a game. Oh yeah, and also, <laughs> your girl, if you noticed, never had people around her because we was in the back on the side of the stage, not and in the crowd. You very well should. Have but it been. was a good time. Shout out to Issa for creating. Oh. A phenomenal, phenomenal piece of history. 
you know, I was looking at some um, articles earlier and I didn't even realize that this is the first black creator, the first black showrunner and a, wow. a first time black creator, a first time showrunner and a first time director to be able to get a project like this at this magnitude. Wow. You sir. know, between Melina and Issa and Prin Princeton. Princeton. Prentice, excuse me. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> so sorry. It's not like he know who I am. <laughs> okay. okay, you don't have to apologize to me. Uh, sorry, Prentice. Uh, but, you know, I just thought that was really dope. And, Princess you know, to Prentice Penny. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. He'll be hosting mm -hmm. the wind downs, you know. He's got yeah. the little, the little uh, curly cue going on here. Um, <laughs> that's not shade. He got curly hair. <laughs> It's very good. It's lovely. We love to see it. It's dark and lovely, honey. It is but no, nah, it's and dope. And, um, you know, we could talk about the show. Did you watch it? Of course. Um, but I don't think we necessarily need to do that because there's an entire official recap official. podcast, you know, called just a little show called Insecurity. You know For what sure. I'm saying? That was hired by HBO and Issa Rae herself. Handpicked by Issa Rae herself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I know a lot of you niggas be out here and you be like, wow, my recap wow, is wow. better. And that's fine. It very well really? might be, but it's not the official recap. <laughs> I did not know that the girls yeah. were giving. You know, some of the girls be giving. They be giving. My, well, you need to listen to my recap. I mean, we can listen to your recap, you sister and brother recap, and sister. But I just want you to know that there's an official one over here. That is like, oh you know, it's doing well. So, you know, you might want to check that out. Uh, so, yes, it was a good time. We had a, a good time was had by all. And I'm grateful, you know, to have been in attendance, um, especially, especially to hear Jasmine Sullivan herself. Oh, for sure. Shit on all these hoes vocally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Jasmine it live is just okay. They're singing her praises too here in Brooklyn. They're singing Jasmine's praises, but Jasmine is just a treat to see live. And I hadn't seen her in so many years live. So to be able to, that was that was my honest favorite part. And DJ Artistic, um, DJ out in LA, he killed it that young man really knew what he was doing on those ones okay. and twos do you hear me okay had me get my life my legs are sore honey they are I mean, sore right now so you know anytime you get me out. dancing work see you gotta work it out <laughs> jay gotta work <laughs> it out hula hoop <laughs> yeah my yeah, Yes, Beyonce. But yes, how are you, sis? How are you doing? I am yeah, holding on, child. I'm doing holding all right. on. Sorry. That's it. I don't have. I don't, you know, I'm doing well. One thing at a time. One day at a time. Take it easy. A boom boom cheesy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I why y'all pay me any mind. Why do y'all pay me any attention? <laughs> it's really terrible. Y'all should because just throw me away. You're just so good. You're just so good. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why does my mind work this way? Okay, that's fine. But yeah, I say for no, me, say, you know what I realized about myself? All I do is cackle. I ca I like a hyena. I think that's good, though. We I didn't even that. realize. I was like, you're just a cackling-ass witchy heifer, aren't you? Nothing <laughs> wrong with it, okay? 
we deserve to laugh. We've been through a lot, and You're it's right. fine. You say it again. So um, it we deserve. We deserve. We deserve to be loved. Be loved. We yes. deserve. Where's she at? Who knows, child? Don't talk around. No, um, I want to. <laughs> okay, let's get to the trash. <laughs> let's get to the trash. Child, I'm sure. Let's get to the trash. Plenty of it, okay? Plenty yes. of trash. A clean up woman. It's Is time for the trash. Yes, Noah. <laughs> What's up? Okay, I love you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> She said, happy recording. I am so sorry. It is now officially time for the trash. Let's get on into it. Let's get in. So first up on this trash, you know, I'll be trying to, I'm I'm trying to stay away from this conversation, but so Kyrie Irving, as we know, is um, not playing basketball right now. And there are many uh, people who are standing with Kyrie Irving, uh, anti-vaxxers, you know, that's I I I am whatever y'all need to do for yourselves you do for yourselves but don't be up at the Barclays Center busting tearing up in these just tearing up. shit up. There's niggas who work, you know what I'm saying, and they just decide they needed to come to work today so that they can go home and pay their rent and you know roll up their little blunt or whatever the case. And here they are not anticipating that they are gonna have to barricade you niggas out of this shit. I and mean, let me feel tell you how something. you feel about feel how right. you need to feel about things, okay? But there's no no need and no reason for y'all to be tearing things up down it's to not. the bar class. Especially behind a nigga who said the earth was flat. I mean, listen again, do what you need to mm-hmm. do for you. You you do what you need to do personally. I am not here to tell nobody what to do. I know how I'm gonna move in this world. But you, but I'm not standing behind no nigga who tried to tell me that the earth was flat. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm just not. And I'm not I'm getting ready to be down going. to the Barclays tearing shit up. And, and it's what? mostly black people working there trying to keep y'all out, just trying to battle you niggas. Go on the internet like everybody else and cry. <laughs> up there tearing shit up in the middle of Brooklyn. I'm so glad I wasn't here. I know you was causing all kinds. They had to barricade shit. I know they was causing all kinds of traffic and whatnot just getting on people's nerves speaking of atrocious human beings mm. little bootsy needs his ass whoop um and i'm not going to go into the hate rhetoric that he um spewed um I mean, i'm not getting ready to go we've heard it all before and we're going to continue to hear it because this 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 young man has demons that he needs to uh he needs to go address um he do need his ass beat he he needs his ass beat profusely, but I do want to shout out Lil Nas X for continuing to just be who he is and not allow this bullying to make him back down from who he is. He he asked the man, "Do you want to do a collaboration?" <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to do a collaboration, which pissed him off even further. But I'm like, you know what, young man, this is the kind of this is the kind of energy I can get behind. This is the type of time I'm on. This is the type of troll time I'm on. Let this nigga's head combust on the internet. I hope it blows up in little bitty pieces, and we have little fragments of Bootsy Brain all over the place because he just he needs to be quiet. He just needs to sit down somewhere, put a muzzle on him. Mike Tyson, mm. where are you? Because <laughs> you started mm. this conversation. Come back and finish it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to I just wanted to shout Lil Nas X um, out in his you know in his resilience and being himself. Um, and his and just his strength and being able to laugh and smile in the face of just hateful individuals and just know that we're here to support you. We stand behind you. Uh, I may not understand everything, but I mm. I'm I'm just I'm I'm going to stand behind you because I think this is disgusting. Um, So this is really sad news. Uh, oh, there was a director of photography by the name of yeah. uh, Helena. Hutchins, I believe is how it's pronounced, mm-hmm. who was killed on the set of a movie. Um, this is a, it's a, it's a, I actually saw this story, stumbled on this story this weekend. It was a really, really sad story. So, it's you know, it's a Western um, and there's guns that are prop guns that are being used, but apparently they weren't prop guns. They were real guns. Um, and from what I've been reading, there is so much protocol that's supposed to go into using um these on set you know you have to make sure there's no fragments inside you have to make sure there's Mm -hmm. no actual real but you have to make sure there's no blanks inside um and i don't know what went wrong here but i know something did i saw some messages from producers who were giving warnings on set and talking about things being rushed um and as a result a life was lost she was a wife and she was a mother um and we just want to send love to her family her child and her partner um, and her loved ones uh, for such a tragic loss. Um, also, Alec Baldwin, who, you know, this is he's the one who who, who did this unintentionally. And Accidentally. who knows what kind of uh, what kind of trauma he's going to suffer and what kind of, you know, emo- mental and emotional trauma he's going to suffer because of negligence on set. So we just want to send love to all of those involved in such a such an awful tragedy um Absolutely. it was really really sad to hear so we just wanted to put that into the trash today as well tell me how you feel about this i actually just put this in here because i want to know how you felt about it given the circumstances oh, of the human being involved so you know uh dr dre's wife has been trying to serve him with divorce papers for some time now mm-hmm. and i guess mm-hmm. he's been ducking and dodging like like Tony on Girlfriends. Um, so the processor showed up to his grandmother's burial. I heard about this in passing. To serve him papers. Um, and, you know, I know how... Um, how do you feel about that? So, <clears throat> I want to say this. I want to preface this by saying... I try to keep my mouth off of of, of people in terms of saying what I would do if I was in a situation because I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything Mm -hmm. about Dr. Dre's marriage. I don't know anything about, you know, the wife or anything. I don't know anything about any of these people. I feel like, you know, we've heard the stories and the rumors about um, Dr. Dre and and other women that he's been in relationship with. Mm -hmm. And, you know... We could speculate any any number of things. I will say that for me to serve divorce papers like that is this is it is this an indication of how badly this person wants to be out of this marriage? Well, yeah. So that's what I so I said. Well, how 
awful because what i asked myself how awful does a person have to be this is what for someone saying. to want to be like serve him at his grandmother's funeral I, I idgaf how how bad of a situation must this be for someone to go through to this extent to to serve mm-hmm. divorce papers um and i wonder what you know i guess the flip side of that is how hard it must be to be burying your grandmother and to experience something like this. And again, this is me having no knowledge Mm -hmm. and really no judgment. I mean, you know, people do what they do and I don't listen. Like I said, I try to keep my mouth off of what I would do if I was in a situation because I don't know nothing about this situation. It, when I read it, I was just like, dang, this is extreme. How? I thought it was extreme, but I, I also was like, you know, you know how people have problematic thinking where they're like, you know, when somebody's in a in a, an abusive relationship and they ask dumb questions like, well, what did you do to piss them off? Well, that was me in this situation just because of his God awful reputation. Well, that's I couldn't what even I mean. go to human I'm empathy saying. initially. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, how bad of a situation does this have to be in order for this to be played out like this? Right. Um. And, and you know, bad on on either part. Like, yep. I just feel like this got to be a real bad, bad, bad situation in order for it to, to get to this extent. Yeah. Um. And that is what is really sad to me. That is what it's like, well, damn. <laughs> to me, it's like, well, damn. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it is... It is unfortunate um, because divorce is not just, I mean, just like a marriage is not, you know, it is between, you know, the the two parties involved, but like, you know, families are connected. And so, you know, it it does make me think about all of the people that are involved and connected, whether it be kids, family members, all the people that are involved in this Mm -hmm. dissolution of relationship. you know, it just makes me, my heart goes out. My heart goes out to them. Because this is this got to be a bad situation all the way around for everybody. Yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty bad all around. Um, you know, but I, I, I just, I don't feel bad for him. That's just my honest. <laughs> I don't feel bad for him. I feel bad for everybody else. I don't, I feel bad for his grandmother. I feel bad, you know, she's being laid to rest and like, it's like, now what now? And then I feel bad for the rest of the family who had to deal with it. Now what's but, uh, but I do not feel bad for him. And I was like, I had to sit back and I was like, you know, be honest with yourself, Jay. Do you really? And I was like, I don't feel bad, actually. You have, you. it's numerous, numerous people have come forward with what a terrible person you are. And, you know, when you're that awful to the point where people don't want to let you even have a moment to say goodbye to your grandmother, you must have been an awful, awful human being. Just my honest uh, opinion. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, no need to apologize. Did we, we, it, we spoke about Insecure briefly, but I did want to... <laughs> so Amanda Seals <laughs> is on a campaign to let you niggas know she is not an aka and she okay so the thing is and this is what i will say about this and i'm not gonna say nothing else i think that at the end of the day this boils down to business 
right? Whose mm. business is what and whose business we mind and whose do we not. Mm. I will say that I feel like, while I recognize that it was probably an onslaught of individuals in Amanda Seals mentioned, I do feel like the way that she responded was a little dismissive. Um, I do think that she could have acknowledged the fact that this is a concern of people who are in this organization. I also think that, like, you know, this is not something that has never happened before. And I'm not caping. I'm not saying, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. I will say that, you know, the AKA letters and and, um, organizations, these organizations trademark these kinds of things. And Mm -hmm. so I don't think that ESA or HBO or any other parties involved would have been able to do this without receiving the proper clearance. Right. Um, as such, <laughs> people got a right to react to it, but I just feel like, you know, this is about like, okay, a lot of the people that are contributed to this conversation are not in the, in this organization and uh, are not, <laughs> are not that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that there are certain things that, you know. This, to me, this is like not my business. This is AKA business. And I'm like, yeah. you know, if, they, if they feel a way about it, then okay. And they I don't talk know about if I've it. seen anybody from, from, I saw somebody, well, I did, I did laugh because somebody commented to Issa and said, it's extremely disrespectful for you. I to saw be, her response. And she was like, yes, yeah, so I'll just go delete the whole episode. <laughs> That's dumb. Okay. People are depicting, they depict, I, I don't, cape for Amanda Seals but I do understand dealing with idiots and if I probably would have probably been more dismissive um (laughs) just in the the sense where I'd be like are y'all dumb like did you think that did you think that that this nigga was really Batman did you think that this nigga was really a serial killer I'm not I am not grief me I either. don't, I, I don't, um, and, but I, I recognize that there are rules of engagement when it Absolutely. comes to these things. And I do think that there are sort of like, you know, cultural norms that we understand about how these things are handled. And, you know, I'm just saying this, if folks feel a way about it, they got a right to feel a way about it. If they do, I'm, um, not, a, I'm not Greek, like you said. But, so and I... the men- Right, and Amanda Seals can respond to it as she as she sees fit. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know why. I mean, it, it's interesting. I don't want to say I don't know why, but it's interesting to me to see the the kinds of things that become conversations <laughs> it's on funny. the internet. It's funny because I'm I, like, wow. are y'all dumb? I mean, literally, <laughs> when I opened up Twitter and saw on the side. <laughs> That this was trending. It said actor Amanda Seals faces backlash. That this is oh, trending. Like, oh my gosh! Oh, I mean globally. Wow. And I'm just like, well, okay. Clearly, wow. this is a conversation piece for some people, some communities. And if that's what it is, then that's what it is. <laughs> but I just, I just, I, it's fascinating to me the way that people sort of latch on to this the things that sort of catch fire when it comes when that it comes is because i did see a debate the other day about a lady who got some flowers without a vase and didn't realize how large that conversation went and when i realized how large it went i said this is fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of, and then you know I, similarly 
I saw in 2021, can you believe this? I saw a group of women arguing over like tampons versus pads. Bitch, just use what, what you're used to. I'm like, first of all, just use what works for you. Everybody's vaginet is it's their, their business. personal business. Your now, menstrual you cycle is yours. You can do what you want to do. You can have beliefs. There's, I mean, because the girls, like my mama, is still out here talking about toxic shock syndrome as if it is not 2021. <laughs> and if that's what you still hung up on, sis, then that is your business. But but that's between your you and your uterus. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we get on the internet and feel like it is our position to sort of like, you know, have Make stuff like, law. I mean, listen, the girls is arguing over pads versus tampons. And I'm like, sis, whatever, whatever you decide, whatever the outcome of this debate is, your cycle's still coming. It's still- <laughs> and, it, and it's still gonna be your business to deal with it as you see fit. And so you still gonna use what you wanna use. Exactly. So you so the fact that y'all is really wasting the minutes of your day in here going back and forth with one another over stuff this is just like girl okay right i don't that's but listen like i, I said i'm not greek <laughs> i recognize that there are rules of engagement and i recognize that if i was greek maybe i would feel differently um but you know it I was something and i noticed it bad about it I have seen, well, I have not seen, none of the ones that I follow have commented, but I had made the mistake of clicking, reading the trending hashtag and was like, whoa, let me get out of these comments immediately because <laughs> this escalated so quickly and I have just got to get out of here while I still have eyebrows because Ooh. the girls are shooting shots, okay? It I don't want to get- a TV show and I, I need you all to- <laughs> Do y'all Listen, think that Elizabeth What's the Face is really a handmaid? Like, come on now. Y'all it's think just so much. So the thing Puse is, oh, so, went you from know, jail in, in to handmade and drumline and um not Crooklyn. High learning, school days. Mm-hmm. You know, what's mm-hmm. typical is that when we're talking about sororities and fraternities in the fictional, they usually make up of sorority or fraternity as opposed mm-hmm. to sort of making the character a member of an actual existing organization. And so I think that that is the debate here. People feel like um, Amanda has no right to wear these letters or this paraphernalia. She didn't create the I, character. And it's and not... I, and she didn't. And I honestly would like the record to reflect that Amanda is not the... Like, this This is not the first episode where we've seen AKA paraphernalia. Molly no. has worn AKA paraphernalia before. Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel like, and I don't know if I'm by myself here. I feel like the issue is they don't want Amanda to wear it. But okay, that might be what it is. But that's also you have no control over that, and exactly. to have debates on the internet about a character and about an actress who took a role as a character is dumb. I, 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 I listen. We don't have you know, to talk about this. If we want to talk about Zoe Saldana as Nina Simone, I think that is a an, an important conversation. This that was that was way fucking <laughs> stupid. But this this is this is just dumb. <laughs> it's just it's dumb. It's, it's just a lot to to take in. Like you said, there's so many other things going on. Many um, many other things in the world that we can be investing our energy and time. And I'm not saying that to be dismissive because I mean no. y'all might be mad about it too, but. I'm just saying it was interesting to me to see 
the veracity with which you <laughs> niggas was typing about just, this here. I just thought it was dumb that people thought that she, like, because she's this in a character, that she's actually this in real life. And I, I'm like, Yo, wait, what? And the, yeah, the, the girls that were calling her Soror, it was like, sis. Oh, okay. Back. See, y'all are dumb too. <laughs> like, everybody's dumb. Bigger, not veracity. Um, I meant bigger. That's it for the trash because I don't even feel like the because everybody's dumb. <laughs> everybody's dumb. Okay, everybody's well, dumb. I'm dumb because I said veracity when I meant vigor. Sorry, I be saying all kinds of stuff. Don't it's even, okay. Don't even trip. Let's move on to the shout out. My sister's popping right now. Like this week, shout out to my sis is brought to you by Target. Target is partnering with HBCUs to support the next generation of Black talent. So we're dedicating this segment to HBCUs as well. One of the ways Target is teaming up with HBCUs is through Target's HBCU Design Challenge, where HBCU students submit designs to be included in Target's Black History Month collection. Winners also receive a cash prize, equipment, mentoring, and networking opportunities. This year's winners are from FAMU, Bowie State, and Hampton. Check back during Black History Month to see the latest winner's designs that will be featured in Target's 2022 Black History Month collection. Celebrate your legacy. Invest in the future. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. All right. It's time to shout out uh, our sis. Yes. And this one is particularly near and dear to me. And I recognize that graduation announcements, are, are they won't come around for another few months. But we decided to make an exception today. Even though the graduation isn't happening yet, I just saw it on the Twitter and I was excited. Today, October 25th, Meg Thee Stallion took her graduation photos. Why? Dead. Because she is graduating with her degree in healthcare administration mm-hmm. from the Texas Southern University mm-hmm. in the Maroon. spring of... 2022. That's right. And we just can't be more pleased. Okay. We love it that Meg is getting this degree from this HBCU. She fully plans to go on and open a healthcare facility and put her yes. degrees to work to use. Yes. And we just love to see the duality, right? This mm-hmm. is what we're all about here. Um, living, you know, operating in certain in certain ways, doing certain kinds of work doesn't preclude you from being successful in other areas. That's so it. Ooh, Meg, Meg can absolutely be a number one charting true mm-hmm. live rock star and mm-hmm. also run, um, develop, run uh, a, a successful healthcare facility to serve uh, individuals in her community. And what we do is love to see it. So our shout out is for potential, for current HBCU student and future HBCU alum, Megan Thee Stallion, honey, getting this degree. What was the song that you said earlier they made up? Yes, somebody, and I'm going to go back here so that I can say say the names correctly, okay? Now, our friend to the show, Dr. Fee, Felicia was Felicia. the one who, Yes, Felicia reposted it, and I posted uh, Felicia's repost and said, Meg been typing fast, right? And okay. I love to see it. And I want to shout out at 1D9S... Okay, girl, because is this a word? Yeah. At 1D9S1T3. Yeah, I don't, That's I don't the know. screen name. That doesn't spell anything, Okay, I don't think. Okay. Because 
I'm looking at it and I don't see letters where these numbers are, but y'all know how y'all are. Y'all are creative with these screen names. Mm -hmm. So again, at 1D9S1T3, her screen name is Trina Snow with the bad knees. (laughs) (laughs) She said, (laughs) she said, hands on my keys, happy fast on my smart shit. (laughs) I love it. We just love the creativity. Shout out to you, Trina. Shout out to you, Trina Snow with the bad knees. We appreciate you. And shout out to Meg the Stallion and all the HBCU students, all the students at Texas yes. and the class of 2022. We see y'all girls and boys. We, we listen, we're going to get to you all. We're going to get to you all just just now. Just now we're going to get to you. So just wait for it. Come what May is when we start graduation announcement season. Hopefully we'll be able to plan something really fun oh, in 2022. I think she's a Delta. I think because, you know, it's 1913. Yes, it's DST. It's 1913 DST. Okay, she's a Delta. Thank you. Yes, she's a Delta. So shout out to you. Yes. Yes. Trina the Delta. Trina the Delta. Trina Snow with the bad knees, the Delta. Uh, Also (laughs) a a wonderful fan and supporter of Megan the Stallion, who is our shout out for this week. We love you, Meg, girl. We love to see it. We love you. Graduating from an HBCU at that, I love to see it. Well, we have a very, uh, very wonderful kitchen table talk with a very special guest we want to get into. So I think we should head that direction. Oh, they do it. If you haven't tried the McDonald's crispy chicken sandwich yet, you are missing out. This crispy, juicy, tender sandwich is simply iconic and comes in three different variations that are so delicious. You'll have trouble choosing a favorite. There's the crispy chicken sandwich, which comes on a buttered potato bun with crinkle cut pickles. Then the spicy crispy chicken sandwich, my type of time, on a buttered potato bun with crinkle cut pickles and a spicy pepper sauce. And last but not least, the deluxe crispy chicken sandwich, which comes on a buttered potato bun with fresh cut lettuce, tomatoes, and mayo. Customers everywhere are loving the crispy chicken sandwich. And one said, if they don't offer you their leftover bites, are they even your husband? I don't want his leftover bites. I want the whole sandwich. And I told you all what my favorite combination is. It's that spicy, crispy chicken sandwich. But then I like to add the lettuce and tomato from the deluxe. And let me tell you something. A meal, okay? A lunch. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Order ahead on the McDonald's app today. We're all looking for the same things in life, beloveds. Honey, history books that actually report the truth. A new Rihanna album because she's playing in our faces as much as we love her. And skincare products that offer clinically proven hydration and leave your skin with a healthy, non-greasy, youthful glowing finish. I certainly can't help you with the first two. But Neutrogena, a dermatologist recommended brand, has the skincare goals covered with their Hydro Boost facial care line. Honey, the line's Hydro Boost gel cream and the Night Press Serum are both clinically proven to strengthen the skin's moisture barrier and lock in hydration for 48 hours. You'll get intense hydration thanks to both products, hyaluronic acid, which has an ability to bind to water and literally hold it within the skin surface. Neutrogena's Hydro Boost Gel Cream, baby, is gel and a cream in one, is made with glycerin that penetrates the skin nine surface layers deep for longer lasting hydration. And Neutrogena's Night Press Serum will revitalize your skin overnight letting you wake up to skin that's three times more hydrated. Made with purified hyaluronic acid and supercharged antioxidants, it's a pillow-proof formula that won't ruin your good sheets and blanket honey because it melts into your skin instantly. 
Both the gel cream and the night press serum are oil-free, dye-free, and non-commodogenic. So you know around here on Getting Grown, we don't play with ash, honey. We keep ourselves moisturized on the inside and the outside because our blacks will absolutely crack if it's dry. What I love about the Neutrogena Gel Cream and the Night Press Serum is that both of them leave my skin so juicy and plump and moist, honey. I'm telling you, I put it on at night, wake up in the morning, it's as if I just put it on. And and I mean, my skin is so good. Like I can literally walk out the door, but I mean, you got to wash your face to get in the morning. But listen, you know what I'm saying? It's good stuff. You won't be sorry. The Neutrogena Hydro Boost line, it can be purchased at every major retailer. And you can start your hydration journey today at Neutrogena.com slash Hydro Boost. That's N-E-U-T-R-O-G-E-N-A.com slash Hydro Boost. Welcome back, everyone. We're very excited to be around the kitchen table for a very important, necessary conversation. And I'm excited because we are in for a special treat. Yes. Our big sister is here. Now, yes. I don't know how many of you know, but, you know, this is real life blood big sister to our brother Dustin mm-hmm. of the of the friend zone and holding court with, with Ebony K. Williams. Yes, yeah, she is repping, repping her set. <laughs> and um, our, our real life blood big sister to Dustin is here. Everyone welcome Daria to the kitchen table. Hey, Daria. Hi, everybody. Now, Hi, everybody. Just an FYI, she is Dustin's blood big sister, but <laughs> Daria has been our figurative big, big sister for well over a decade ten, now. 10 years, yeah. well over 10 um, years at this point. You know, we love you like family. Darius spent holidays at my house. Absolutely. We've all spent holidays together. Like, yes, we have. This is family. So this is going to be a very family feel just a forewarning continue yes so listen Um, come with us on this journey daria is you are welcome say hi to the people hi people i'm really happy to be here and i just want to say yes we are family um i actually remember when dustin came home and told Mm -hmm. me about his friends kia jay (laughs) jay he said you walked in the apartment and was like i smell baloney (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't even remember that. Yes. He's like, Darius, this girl is hilarious. Tia, you know, we won't go too deep, but you know about that toast. Uh, yes, Lord. The, the toast. <laughs> so there are um, euphemisms and just secret jokes that yes, I insiders fully aware of. And that's how far back we go. And you're right, Jade. It's been like 10 years. That's crazy. It has. It has. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I'm we happy to be wanted... here. I love you both. You're my sisters. I love For you. For sure. You're our sister. We wanted to have uh, Daria come on because, you know, as many of, of you all know, as we all know, uh, October is Black uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And our big sister, Daria, is a superhero. She is a breast cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. And we are so grateful, um, you know, for all of the ways that she, you know, fought and and did her best um, and really just, you know, was just an inspiration in sort of navigating that very difficult period with such grace. And to just uh, we wanted to 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 have you on this to talk about your journey. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, breast cancer is something that we all have have some level of familiarity with because of Mm -hmm. its just sheer commonality but you know not many of us especially those of us who are in our 20s and 30s you know sometimes we can think that this is something that's a far off that's something that Mm -hmm. we don't we have plenty of time to to worry about so to speak 
But, you know, this is something that happened to you relatively earlier in your life and we wanted to just just share your journey. So walk us through, uh, you know, tell us, tell us, tell us the story. How did this, how did this happen? Yeah. Well, um, yes, this is, this is true. And even though for the most part, I too thought when I was in my twenties and thirties, that that was not really something that I had to think about. Um, so this is an excellent conversation and I think I've got some information and just Mm -hmm. some experiences that I think will be really beneficial for you both as well as your audience. Absolutely. So, um, I was diagnosed at the age of 47, three years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm 50. Yes, I'm 50. Mm. Everybody. Yes. yes. That, I mean, that's right. Uh, say it twice because be like, I know it's unbelievable, Listen. but look at and me. This is why we tell y'all to drink your water and mind your mind business. Mind your business. Drink your water and mind does. your business. <laughs> and and be nice Moisturize to your skin. Yes. Moisturize and be nice to people. And I think that, and, and like I said, I got aunties, like real life aunties <laughs> on the side watching me do this. If you mm-hmm. saw them, you would go unbelievable. So right. Patreon case, will see them. Patreon will <laughs> right. see them. We're gonna we want them to just give us a little shout out later. But mm-hmm. um I was forty seven and living in New York and you guys know my life. You know what we were doing right. in New York. Everybody mm-hmm. was, you know, building and, and, and living their lives and achieving their goals. And mm-hmm. I found my lump on my own through self breast exams. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna get into that a little bit. But Mm -hmm. I felt it. I knew it was something that I hadn't felt before. And I walked around for about a week thinking about Mm -hmm. this. And then I went to Mm -hmm. the doctor. My niece said to me, um, I I finally shared with her, I said, I'm a little nervous. I felt something. And she was like, Daria, you have to go. So I went to the doctor. um, And they sent me to a breast clinic in New York City. And I got all of my testing and everything done there. And I got, I, I found the lump. I want to say this in October of 2018. Mm. And that was breast cancer awareness month. Interestingly enough. And I found it. And a week after Thanksgiving, my diagnosis was confirmed. I Mm. was what they call stage two, triple negative breast cancer. Now, what I didn't know before Yes, I am. I What I didn't know before my experience with breast cancer is that there were different types. I just, mm-hmm. you get breast cancer, you get breast cancer. I was ignorant about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like like most people who, right. unless you have some experience with it. And so this is important for all of us in your audience in particular. And I have my little notes. Uh, stage two or triple negative breast cancer is a specific kind of breast cancer. And I'm not going to get too scientific here but it doesn't have any of the hormone receptors that are found in most breast cancers. All right. And so for instance, when you see different commercials about breast cancer and people at different stages, you'll hear things like her two positive and things like Mm -hmm. that. I am what they call triple negative. And so the example that I used when I was speaking to some people on Saturday was, and I found this on the CDC's website. So shout out to the CDC. Think mm-hmm. of cancer cells as a house and mm-hmm. the front door of that house. So the cancer cells are a house. The front door to that house may have three different kinds of locks. Those mm-hmm. locks would be the receptors. Got and it. those three re- those three receptors are the female hormone estrogen, the female hormone progesterone, and the protein HER2. Mm-hmm. 
And when those three elements, those three receptors exist in a cancer cell, then the doctors have a few keys or options Mm. that they can use to kill that cancer cell. Mm. And when those receptors are not present in your cancer, they don't have those options. Mm. The only thing that works to kill triple negative breast cancer are chemo and radiation. That's it. Mm. And, you know... However, mm-hmm. those are still effective options, right. but they're not. They come with, yeah. yeah. They come with a lot of yeah. conditions. Yeah. So that was my only option. And then the other thing that I want to tell you about this, and my earbuds are starting to die a little bit. So if uh-huh. I have to take them out, um, cool. you guys let me know we what to do. Fine. Okay. okay. Um, but in any case, the thing about triple negative breast cancer, it is typically more common in black and Hispanic women. So it's okay. found quite commonly in black and brown women and women in their 30s. So mm. no one no one knows why, but th- th- those are the facts. So this is a really good conversation for us to be having, all right? For sure. Because mm-hmm. you we you guys check all those boxes, right? Yes, and for most, sure. And yeah. mo- almost all of your audience. Mm-hmm. So, so go ahead. I was going to ask, what mm-hmm. prompted you to, like, what was the self-test, the at-home test, was that something that you did regularly? That's a good um, question. Or, okay. That's an excellent question. I did self-exams on my own because I, I was someone who was health conscious. However, mm-hmm. full disclosure, full transparency, and this is important, I never went and got mammograms. And the reason why, you guys, is mm-hmm. because I associated mammograms with aging. And like yeah. I told you guys off camera before our converse, or earlier conversation, I didn't talk about my age. I did not like mm-hmm. aging. I didn't want anyone asking me. I look young. Let people think I'm younger than what I am. So mm-hmm. getting, a, getting a mammogram, I was single in my 40s. I didn't have any kids. I'm like, ugh. Getting a mammogram made me face some of those realities that yeah. I really thought defined me. And mm-hmm. that wasn't, and so because of that, I neglected my health by not getting a mammogram. And so mm-hmm. that's something that I want to address in this conversation as well. We as black women cannot allow fear to prevent us from making our health a priority. So I want to stress mm-hmm. that that's really super important because a lot of times we don't address issues with our bodies and our health because of the fear involved or insecurities yeah. or whatever hangups we have. Mine in particular were aging and the fact that there were things in life that I wanted and I felt like getting a mammogram would make make me face those realities Mm -hmm. and my Mm -hmm. frustrations and my sadness about it. You can't do that. And so Mm -hmm. I want your audience and I want you, you sisters, my little sisters to hear me. You can't do that. You have to make your health a priority. So Mm -hmm. I I never got a mammogram, but Kia, I did do like after my periods, after my periods every month and I would do a self exam and just feel my breath. And so mm-hmm. I knew that that was something that I hadn't felt before. And it was four, almost four centimeters felt like a little hard blueberry. And it was mm-hmm. in the back of my breast or what they call at the breast wall margin. So mm-hmm. all of those factors, triple negative phase two, close to the margin that wasn't good news you guys Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. with my self-exam I found it and so it was on my left breast um and so that's how I found it 
And so once we discovered that's what it was, I had to make some decisions really quick. Your, your, your brother, Dustin, he didn't want me to go back to Michigan. He was like, you can stay here. We can figure this out. And my best friend, you guys know Marcel. She was like, mm-hmm. sis, sis, you know, we'll take you to, come on. You know, and it's excellent hospitals and everything in New York. But I knew for my family and everyone that that wasn't really sustainable. And I knew that I could mm-hmm. come back to Michigan. And there was a really, University of Michigan has a phenomenal Absolutely. cancer center. So I knew that that would be okay. So that's mm-hmm. what I decided to do: relocate and come back to my hometown. So before I know, we're gonna because this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're obviously gonna talk about your journey even further. But I I want to mm-hmm. take a slight detour, um, sure. and, exp- and and get in a little bit more into this kind of fear of aging, um, yes. because now it sounds like you have more of a comfort right around. This is Absolutely. who I am. This is how old I am. I see life totally different now. What what brought that about? Obviously, this experience. But what like what um, what did what kind of thoughts and things did you have in particular and experiences that led you to being more comfortable? Because that is a common thing. We hear it all the time, right? I saw that gray hair the other day, and I mean, that little chin hair, and I was pissed. <laughs> I was pissed. Do you, you hear me? <laughs> no, I had a chin hair. No, I had a chin hair, period. I never had one. Oh, and I got, I never had one. <laughs> I know. Welcome, girl. <laughs> <laughs> never, never had, had one. A so. Chin hair, <laughs> That was my first one. So that's a really good question. That's an excellent question. Um, When you are faced with your mortality, Mm -hmm. your priorities change. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to live. There's a, I had a whole life to live and I am someone, you guys know me. I'm, I'm a positive person. I lean into the positive. I'm very intentional about Mm -hmm. that. So from the very beginning, from the moment that I got my diagnosis, I remember when I got it in New York and they told me and Dustin was with me and he, he was just, I could see it, but I'm like, we're going to, we're going to do this, whatever it is, we're going to figure it out. And when Mm -hmm. I got my second diagnosis, because I want to talk about those things too, but when I got my second diagnosis, I immediately decided that I was going to be positive and my daily affirmation was faith over fear. If you go on my mm-hmm. socials, you'll see that yeah. hashtag on all my posts. It was always faith mm-hmm. over fear, faith over fear, faith over fear. So I really mm-hmm. leaned into that and just the positivity. And I'm blessed truly to have the best brothers on the planet. My parents went to every single doctor's appointment with me, you guys. They didn't miss one. Mm-hmm. And my family you know, this was pre-COVID. I know I'm blessed and fortunate. There were like over 20 people in the waiting room when I had my double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. The technical term is bilateral mastectomy. And we can talk about okay. that if you have questions. But I just decided I got to be positive and I have to be around positivity and focus on the positive and really rely on my faith and, mm-hmm. and just keep my mind right. Because that's a big mm-hmm. part of your success and how you handle it. So mm-hmm. I hope that you answered your that. question. Yeah. Yes. Did I? Okay. Um, I'm glad you said that um, because I think, you know, this is something that happens really commonly. And mm-hmm. uh, because of that, it's easy to, to just very quickly go into that fearful, everything is terrible. This is going to be really bad place. But, you know, stressing how important it is uh, for us to really 
have a positive mindset and perspective and to really believe and how much of a role that plays in sort of our capacity to really fight through this. It's super um, important. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I don't think it can be under, understated. So I want to sort of, you know, so you get your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. You learn what, what kind of, of cancer you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you make your decision to to go back to Michigan for your treatment. Mm-hmm. What was your what was the treatment plan? Like what like sure. and was that something that what you know? Let us know what kind of decisions you had to make in, in as you were partnering with your so team around thinking life, about how to tackle this. Within three or four months, my life completely changed. Mm-hmm. So I had to pack up my life. I put uh, all my things in storage. You know, I, I love my apartment in New York. It was so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to, I had to, I had to make some some real life decisions. My parents were like, "We'll come to New York," but like I said, I knew that wasn't sustainable for them and my mm-hmm. family, and I didn't want that for my family. Mm-hmm. And I knew I could get top notch quality care. Sure. So I started doing a little bit of research, and one of the doctors that is in New York, she said New York Press. And I cannot remember that doctor's name. I think it's Lisa Newman. She's a black mm-hmm. woman, and she used to be at University of Michigan Hospital, and she was also at Henry Ford Hospital. And then she took her research back to, I think she's at New York Presbyterian now. But mm-hmm. she focused her research on triple negative cancer and why it affects black women and women of color disproportionately. And I think she's even partnered with some hospitals in Kenya. If you look that up, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send you the information if you want to put it on your website or whatever. I'll send you a bunch of stuff that you can Absolutely. We'll add, put it in the description box. Put it in the description yeah. box. But I started researching her, and I, I researched everything, and I knew that I could get really good care. And plus, my cousin is a doctor, and she was like, Daria, you can come to the University of Michigan, and you can do this. And so I made that choice, and then it, and I got my second opinion. I got my first opinion in New York. I got my second opinion in Michigan. And then we decided on a treatment plan. And that mm-hmm. treatment plan for me, like I said, it was chemo and radiation. There is a doctor, her name is Lisa Newman, mm-hmm. and she is a breast oncologist. And she had done some of her work in Michigan at Henry Ford and the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so she's at, I believe she's at New York Presbyterian now. Okay. And then I read about her. I started reading about triple negative breast cancer. Um, I knew with my second opinion, which was at the University of Michigan, that my options were only chemotherapy and radiation. Mm -hmm. And so once we knew that was the case, I decided to go ahead and follow what the doctor said. And I did a bilateral or double mastectomy, which means I had both my breasts removed. Although the tumor was only on my left side, mm-hmm. I decided to do a complete double mastectomy because I felt like, let's take them off and do reconstruction. I felt that that gave me a level of comfort. The doctors mm-hmm. told me, listen, it doesn't necessarily change the odds of a recurrence, but mm-hmm. just a personal preference. For me, I felt that it gave me a little bit more comfort and peace of mind. And since I was having a complete, you know, that's a very invasive and it changes your body, you guys. So since mm-hmm. I was doing it, I decided to do the whole bilateral mastectomy. So that was the plan. Heal from that, then start chemotherapy, then start radiation. 
that was the plan. Now, there were some hiccups along the way. We can get into that. But that was the plan. I think it's interesting. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, that you opted for a double mastectomy. Um, I have a really close friend who was also diagnosed with breast cancer in 2019. Mm -hmm. And she was only 37 or 38 at the time. Um, she too was told she did not have to opt for a bilateral um, mastectomy, but she did. She opted for it. She said just because she didn't want any, she wanted to kill any chances yep. of anything coming back. Um, yep. But you opted for reconstruction, mm -hmm. um, which she did not. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I want to hear a little bit more about that. Sure. So reconstruction is different for different people, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about my experience. Mm -hmm. um, I knew, I felt like I was 47. I felt that was young. I wanted to have some breasts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what I thought that I was going to do was I thought, okay, you know, I'm a little, I got enough curves so I can take some fat from my belly, give me mm -hmm. a nice little tummy tuck and mm -hmm. put it up here and, you know, I was never a busty girl, right? Mm -hmm. I had tips breasts. I want to talk about that, but we'll get to that. But I was never a busty girl. And my plastic surgeon, um, because what they do with that procedure is it's really invasive. They take fat from your stomach mm -hmm. and they transfer that and create the breasts. But when my plastic surgeon met with me and he did the markup, he was like, if we do this, you won't have as much as much breast tissue as you have right now. Mm -hmm. So I was like, really here I am thinking I got to get this flat stomach and I got all this fat and you tell me I don't have enough fat to make some. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So, so that wasn't an option for me. So what I did was I had a bilateral mastectomy and I had some temporary, what they call expanders put in. And what those yes. do is they stretch the skin and they prepare your skin for implants mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so that's a whole process and uh it's not easy and i want to make it very clear to anyone listening or watching it's not a boob job mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not a boob job mm -hmm. and that's one of the worst things i personally believe you can say to a breast cancer survivor and someone who has gone through that girl you get a boob job it's not mm -hmm. a boob job Mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. I have video of my father helping me drain my drainage tubes. Okay. Oh. It's yeah. his business. business. Um, yeah. So I got the expanders put in. Which I heard uh, is very painful. Yeah, it can be very, very painful. I was very mm -hmm. fortunate because, you know, black people, we grease up and we moisturize. We have good skin. My, my skin That's was right. good. Elasticity, huh? Elasticity. <laughs> he was able to put the expanders on top of my chest wall muscles and not okay. under the muscle. Mm -hmm. Okay. And for me, that was a, he, everybody was like, That's a good thing. The healing mm -hmm. is better. It's less pain. Even though, it was some serious pain, you guys. Um, that's what I did. So mm -hmm. I started that process, and a month after my surgery, I caught an infection. Wow. Oh, wow. And I just was looking at some of the drainage coming out on the left side, and I'm like, this doesn't look right. My parents, we were looking at it. 
Um, I took a picture of it, sent it to my, my doctors, and they were like, you need to come in. And I remember the, the PA, the physician's assistant, she said to me, I just want you to be prepared. He might send you to emergency, which means you might get admitted. And that is exactly what happened. And I stayed mm. in the hospital for a whole week. Wow. With that infection. It was serious. So that was my second surgery. I had five surgeries mm -hmm. total. That was my second surgery. And I had to have that expander replaced mm -hmm. on the left mm -hmm. side. And mm -hmm. so with that, you know, it's a toss up. Do I, is my body rejecting these or am I going to give this another try? And I had mm -hmm. a lot of conversations with the infectious disease team at the time. This is pre-COVID, you guys. Mm -hmm. And with my plastic surgeon. And it was up to me. I was the type of patient, and I think this is important, I want to say this, you must always be in charge of your health. I mm. have an experience that I want to talk about and share with you guys after the fact, but you must always be in charge of your health. Doctors are yes. experts, they science, you listen, but you make the, you make the call, you make yeah. the decision. And when you are a patient and you come in there and you're intentional and you know what you want, the doctors and staff respond to you that way. If you come in there and you're timid and uncertain, and then they're going to take control. And in the end, it might not be something that you want. So do your research, know your knowledge, be intentional, know what you want. That's why I said you can't be fearful. You got to face it. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a struggle. It's hard. But mm -hmm. you have to be intentional. So I knew what I wanted. And so at the mm -hmm. end of it all, I told my plastic surgeon, yes, let's, we're going to take this out and we're going to replace it. Wash the area up, put another expander in, and let's see what happens. So that's what I did. That, of course, mm -hmm. delayed my schedule to begin chemotherapy. Okay. So what my doctors had to do, because the chemotherapy drugs that I took, you know, the chemotherapy kills every, it kills cancer, but it kills everything else. Mm -hmm. So my immune system was really bad. And because mm -hmm. I'd had an infection, I was already, uh, you know, compromised. Mm -hmm. So that meant reversing the schedule of the chemotherapy drugs that I got. Typically, mm -hmm. people start with certain drugs and then they go on to another one. So what I did was I started a drug that went for, um, I was supposed to do 16 rounds of this drug. You went every week and did 16 rounds. So that was 16 weeks, three months. Mm -hmm. Wait. Wait, no, was that, excuse me, four months, right? Yes, four, four months. Four mm -hmm. months. Um, I did 15. My body, mm. and I remember my family, I started having, I started feeling more weak and mm -hmm. I fainted. I was talking mm. to my dad in the kitchen and we were sitting there talking and I remember feeling myself and I fainted. And it's, mm. I, I felt so bad, it scared my parents so bad. But I think my body had just said, okay, it's enough of this drug. So mm -hmm. I did 15 rounds. And then my oncologist, she was like, all right, I'll let, this is good. You can take a little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. And then I took a little bit of a break. And then I started um, the last set of drugs that they administered at the same time. And you do, um, what is it, four rounds of that? Yeah, because I did, excuse me, I did, I was supposed to do 12 rounds of the first drug. I did 11. And okay. then I had an additional four rounds of two more drugs that they do simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And I was able to do that. And I took a little bit of a break. 
my oncologist gave me a little bit of a break and then I did mm-hmm. those four rounds and that was it. That was that was a big deal. I'd made it through that. Yes, I lost every single hair on my body. Mm-hmm. I lost two I think I lost one or two nails. I can't even mm-hmm. read fingernails. Like whole nails? Like whole nail. Like it the just whole from the rooter to the tutor. Yes. Back now. Right. Yeah. And you see, and, and I got a little bun on, but my hair, yes. I have a lot of hair, you guys. And you it was, do. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> you do have a lot and of so, hair. Mm-hmm. But I'm not there yet, but I'm mm-hmm. close. Everybody, like, everybody is like, Daria, your hair. Oh, my yes, God. So it's, back. I'm really, I want to say to anyone that is in this, facing it, or you have a loved one that is dealing with it, every experience is different. And so it's not a monolith, you know, everybody's experience is different, but mm-hmm. just try and try again to keep the positivity going and know that you're going to get to the other side. And yeah. for people who unfortunately don't make it, for those of us that are in the battle or have overcome, the best thing you can do is be positive and live your best life. That's the best way to mm-hmm. honor anybody's legacy that's dealt with, the, with cancer of any kind quite frankly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in any case, that was my regimen with that. Then I took a little bit of time off and I had to meet with the radiation oncology team to decide mm-hmm. about radiation. And mm-hmm. a quick story about that. The first uh, radiation oncologist I met with, it's me and my parents were talking and I said to him, I said, well, this is the thing. I don't want a recurrence. That is my mm-hmm. issue. I know that there are some serious side effects, you know, with radiation and I had, it was rough for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And usually that's like the easier part, if you will, for people, but radiation was tough for me too. Um, But I decided not to go with that radiation oncologist because he actually looked at me and I said, were you on my tumor board? Did you look at my file? You know, what do you think I should do? He actually looked at me and said, I don't remember if I was on your tumor board with you or not so you're telling Mm. me to my face you don't remember so in my mind i was like okay he's not my he's not gonna be my doctor Mm -hmm. telling me Mm -hmm. you you don't remember i mean Mm -hmm. the least you could have done was really even if you didn't i get it it's been a year you don't remember that part but familiarize yourself enough with my 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 case Case. to be able to say daria from a clinical and scientific standpoint if I were you, this is what I would do. He didn't mm-hmm. do that. So I, mm-hmm. he walked out and his fellow, his fellow, the guy that was in fellowship, he was really nice. And he called me and he said, so can we go ahead and get you scheduled? And I said, no. I said, I'd like mm-hmm. to talk to, and I gave another doctor that had been recommended. And I said, I'd like to talk to her. And he got quiet. And then he said, I understand said well how about this mm-hmm. can I make that appointment for you I said absolutely I've got a, mm-hmm. a breast cancer walk with my family I'm going to focus on that and my fundraising efforts and then I'll get into radiation and that's exactly what I did and when I sat down with that radiation oncologist she mm-hmm. sat down she sat next to me she was like listen here are the facts at your age you're young da 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 you need to do radiation. I mean, she was, and I'm like, this is what you want. This is what you want to hear. You can Mm -hmm. make an informed decision. So once again, I want you guys and all your listeners and viewers to understand you're in charge of your health. 
And if there's yeah. anything about those doctors that you're not vibing or feeling, you need to be intentional and, and respond to that. Doctors are doctors. They are not gods. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so you have to be in charge of that. And so that mm -hmm. was really important to me. And I ended up loving that radiation mm -hmm. oncologist mm -hmm. and, and, and my, all my doctors, they were, I got some of the best care, but that was because mm -hmm. of what I presented. And even if I was feeling some trepidation about something, I expressed that with my family and I did my research. But when I was talking to those people, it was like, this is what I was nice. You know, you'd be gracious and thankful, but that's how mm -hmm. I did it. That's how I did mm. it. So that part of it, and I did 30 rounds, which meant I had to go to radiation every single day for 30 days. Um, wow. Yep. And I had, I got burnt really bad, you guys. It was a lot of torn, burnt flesh. I'm not going to hold you up. Mm. It was bad. Oh. Um, and some people, it's not that bad, but it was rough for me. But my oncologist mm -hmm. kept telling me, she said, Daria, it's going to heal. And my cousin, who is a dermatologist, she was like, mm -hmm gonna heal I promise you and mm -hmm. it was, yeah, I was so tired so yeah I, I did that um I did one other thing for chemo I didn't want to get my veins poked all the time so two mm -hmm. of my surgeries one was inserting one was taking out was I had a port put in that they mm -hmm. can access and that was for all my chemo infusions and it made it easy and so I did mm -hmm. that so I had I just got that taken out you guys um, wow. This summer, because wow. of because of COVID and everything, COVID. it delayed some things. So I just uh -huh. got this out. So wow. I did that, and then I had to heal and let my body heal from all of that. And last December, I had the temporary expanders because COVID delayed all of that. I had the temporary expanders mm -hmm. taken out last December, and I had my implants put in. Okay. Mm -hmm. So okay. it's a process. It's a long it's a process. They yeah, told it's me a journey. They, it's a journey for real. Journey, I say. Mm -hmm. It's a it's it's mm -hmm. a process. They told me two years. I have one more thing left to do in terms of reconstruction. And I was diagnosed in the end of twenty eighteen. Now again, let's take a year out of that because of COVID. COVID. Right. Mm -hmm. So it probably would have been about two and a half years, but it, it's mm -hmm. it's gonna be about three and a half years for me, but that's because of COVID, you know. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, yeah. I'm curious. I'm I'm glad that you started in the way of sort of like giving advice to folks who may be facing this or mm -hmm. supporting family members or friends who are facing this. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if there are, are if there's something that you know now that you wish you would have known then. Yes. Um, I wish. The only thing I can talk about is on a personal level, because when it comes to my, my treatment, I don't really have any regrets. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm resolved. I'm resolute. I feel great about all of the choices that I made for my treatment path and my course of treatment. But mm -hmm. I wish that I had not allowed my insecurities to get in my way because, <clears throat> excuse me, if I had not been in that headspace before getting cancer, mm -hmm. I probably, maybe a mammogram would have picked up on that tumor. Really? Thank God for breast, self breast exams. And I did mm -hmm. that. But what mm -hmm. if I had been going and getting regular mammograms from the time I was 40? That was seven years mm -hmm. earlier. 
Who knows? Mm. That's when you're supposed to start, right? You're supposed to That's start 40, getting right? them around so 40 years old. What I want to say about that, yeah, the I believe um, if you go to like the National Institute of Health or the CDC, not the CDC, or if you go to like Mayo Clinic or even American mm-hmm. Cancer Society, I think for women it's at 40. But what I want to mm-hmm. say, and this is something I'm glad you, you said that because it's a great segue. Um, what I want to say to you, you ladies and, and your audience is if you feel like there are some symptoms, if there's something that you aren't sure of, you tell mm-hmm. your doctor you want a 3D mammogram. And, okay. and also if you have a family history, because yes. I, have, I haven't had, yeah, I, on my dad's side, I've had uh, some of my dad's sisters have, have struggled or have, have dealt with this. And so I was able to tell my primary physician, like, this is something that's in my family line and mm-hmm. I want to be proactive. Yep. Um, and my, and, and my doctor was able to, to contact my insurance company to make sure that it could be covered. Exactly. But if you have, if you have family history of, that's, that's, of it, you, you, sh- you can get screened as well. Yes. If you yeah. have a family history or if there is something that doesn't seem right. And um, I sent I sent Kia earlier a story. I don't know if she you sent had, it to me. Did you guys look mm-hmm. at that? Okay, great. Yeah. And so I really like the Tiger Lily Foundation. That's one of the organizations that I like what they put out, and I like mm-hmm. their target audience and their approach to helping women in real life. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but that right there, this this black woman, this beautiful black woman, started having symptoms in her 20s mm-hmm. and this is so she's a nurse practitioner so she's a mm-hmm. medical professional so it's not like she you know had Nothing any right. trepidation or nervousness mm-hmm. she was intentional and at every step of the way she was denied and so mm-hmm. that is something that we have to talk about because that happens to black and brown women all the time and all like the time. She, all the time and it could, it, I believe it was a combination of her being a black woman and mm-hmm. her age. And just to give mm-hmm. context for your audience, she started having symptoms in her 20s. I think she was 26 and she kept going. She had discharge, she had bleeding, she had tenderness. And every mm-hmm. step of the way, they kept telling her, no, that's not what it is. You just have cysts. Mm-hmm. And she ends up being, when they finally diagnosed it, stage four metastatic and it had wow. spread into to different parts of her body mm-hmm. when if they if, if if six seven years earlier someone yep. had listened to her yep this could have been prevented and mm-hmm. so that is why i am happy to be public and talk about this and the messaging is clear for me that as black and brown women i yeah. want you to be intentional Never take no for an answer. If you know your body, listen to your body. Faith over fear. Don't let fear stop you. If that doctor is intimidating you or you don't feel like they're listening to you, find another doctor. If it's Mm -hmm. an insurance issue, stay on the phone with that insurance company for how long. If you have to get a little, you know. Mm -hmm. You know how we do. Roll your neck. Okay. (laughs) All right. No, because this is your health. And far too often that happens. And so even though you ladies are in your 30s, what you should be doing every month is your self breast exams. And I have, um, I'll send you 
some some a PDF that you can. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you would do that, but I'll send you a PDF. Yeah. If people want access to it that tells mm-hmm. instructions. But that's the first thing after your periods every every month. Whatever yep. you decide on the first, I, there's a a mantra, a hashtag in the, the community that I'm in with other breast cancer thrivers and survivors. Mm-hmm. Feel it on mm-hmm. the first. So on the first of on the, the month, first. if you want to, <laughs> <know, laughs> yes. So check your breasts then you can mm-hmm. but put it on your calendar put it in your phone set the alarm do that mm-hmm. once a month that's the first thing you ladies should be doing and if you mm-hmm. have a family history you absolutely should be talking to your primary doctor about that and working with your insurance company however they have to code it bill it or whatever to get Listen. those mammograms annually Derry, before um okay before we wrap up two things we want to cover okay um You've mentioned all of these uh, different surgeries and all of the rounds of chemo and radiation you've had to to deal with. I'm curious about cost, mm-hmm. and um, because I recognize that you know many of us are sort of dealing with this from various places of employment, mm-hmm. um, and, and wondering, you know, was cost an issue for you? Um, if so, if not, and are you aware of any other resources that folks might be able to access um, if they're dealing with something like this? Sure. Okay. So I'm going to talk about it from two perspectives. I'm going to talk about my personal experience, and then I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about some approaches when dealing with this. Um, the okay. first thing I want to tell you, tell you guys is personally, I have been really fortunate because I had a family friend who works in insurance and healthcare. And so she was able to uh, navigate me and have staff work with me directly to provide me with some resources um, specifically for women in the state of Michigan that have breast and cervical cancer. And so because of that, I, and again, this is because I simply had this resource. I would never have known Mm -hmm. about this otherwise. I want to be clear. Mm Um, I did not have to come out of pocket for anything. A blessing. Wow. What a blessing. And I know it's unheard of, um, Mm -hmm. but, and and, and there's some trade-offs there. You know, I've I've Mm -hmm. had to sort of uh, change my lifestyle and Mm -hmm. cut back in order to be Mm -hmm. able to access those resources. But for Mm -hmm. me personally, I consider that right now at this stage in my life, a form of income. Mm-hmm. So that's a choice and a trade-off that I made. And mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. have a supportive family and some big brothers that hold me down and parents mm-hmm. that hold me down and family and aunties that hold me down, I'm really blessed that way. And I know that that is mm-hmm. not everyone's experience. And so I'm sensitive to that, but that's mm-hmm. my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who are dealing with this and have challenges, I know the insurance companies are evil and they're beast <laughs> and, and whole nine yards. What mm-hmm. I want to say to you is for breast cancer, there are countless resources for women dealing with breast cancer. So mm-hmm. what you have to do, and this is this is messaging that you guys, this is a recurring theme on getting grown and team typing too fast mm-hmm. is taking advantage of resources and doing your research and, Mm -hmm. and, and asking questions and, and getting on that computer and, and talking to professionals and and speaking up. This is where you have to say, Hey, listen, this is a challenge. I'm not going to be able to face this. What type of resources are available to me? What type of Mm -hmm. grants are available to me? 
You have mm -hmm. to ask those questions and you have to be intentional because the programs mm -hmm. are out there. There, yeah. there, there are resources available. You just mm -hmm. have to do it. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be a cakewalk and um, you won't have to come out of pocket or anything like that. But going through breast cancer, there are resources out there so that even if you have medical bills and things like that, that should not be a source of contention and stress for a person while you mm -hmm. are in treatment. And every mm -hmm. healthcare organization, every hospital, every network, they know this. And so mm -hmm. out the gate, that is the way that they present to you. When I came to Michigan for my second opinion, they literally put me and my family, and it was, it was my parents, my aunts, a couple cousins, I think one of my brothers, mm -hmm. they put us mm -hmm. in a classroom setting. There were desks in this classroom. Mm -hmm. It was a whole day. It was a whole day experience. I met with my doctors. I met with um, social workers and clinicians, and they gave me a folder of, of, of different resources and people to call for whatever you would have to deal with. And that was one of the reasons why I personally went with this hospital, because they mm -hmm. really treat the whole person. It wasn't mm -hmm. just about the breast cancer. They really focused on the whole person. And I like that. So again, mm -hmm. it's about knowing your options and being in, that's why I keep saying this to you guys, you have to be in charge of your health, even outside of breast yeah. cancer, for whatever yes. it is you're facing. You have to be in charge of your health. And so mm -hmm. I made the decision to go to this hospital and do my surgery and treatment here because that worked for Daria. Mm -hmm. And that is the part, you know, I think in the culture, a lot of times, historically, you go to, well, so-and-so been going to doctor so-and-so for years. That's always mm -hmm. been our doctor. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Right, right, You can right. go to who you want to mm -hmm. go to. Yeah, right. If that does not right. work for you, you don't have to do that. And so that mm -hmm. mindset, that conditioning that I think culturally has existed for us, mm -hmm. you really have to be in charge of it. And that will help you when it's time to deal with finances and costs and things like that because you're going to use resources and you're going to find people and connect with doctors and professionals that that cater to you that you vibe with that you feel confident yeah. about and have peace of mind about so that's how i want to answer that question i hope i was thorough and i did oh, you absolutely. answered it based <laughs> off of your own experience that's all and i think that's a sometimes that's a bit of an issue with the internet is that People speak on their own experiences, and a lot of a lot of the public tends to take those experiences and generalize them. Which right. that's not that this is an that's why it is an experience. <laughs> so you can right. only speak only speak on what you what you know what you've gone through. And I love that you've highlighted so much not only about um because we want to have further conversations about Black women's health and yeah. a lot of times how we're unheard um, yes. in the future. But I, I love how you touched on that. And I love how you, a, a big message that I got from you in this conversation today was paying attention to yourself, yeah. like really focusing and like being very intentional yeah. about paying attention to your health and yourself yeah. um, from you discovering your own lump to even, even seeing, okay, something is not right within these fluids. Let me go and ask questions about these. And I think a lot of times we're so used to just letting things happen or, oh, well, they told me this is okay. Or, well, I don't know nothing about the health profession. So, you know, discharge don't usually come out this way anyway. So mm -hmm. I don't even know what to make of this. So I love right. that 
you really take took a toll on and you really took a hold of of what you had going on and you asked proper questions so you can get the help that you really needed. Yes. Sure. And, and that's important. And I just want to say everybody's experience is different. All cancers mm-hmm. are different. All, all, mm-hmm. all breast cancers are different. All breast cancer experiences are different. And I don't want to say this is the way I'm giving you my experience. And from that, I'm telling you elements and, 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 uh, teachable moments that I had that I believe can help anybody going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there any other sort of last minute or as we wrap up, are there any sort of other sort of takeaways or advice you want to leave our our audience, our listeners with? Absolutely. One thing I wanted to to really stress, um, we we talked about it a little bit earlier and that was the 3d Mm -hmm. mammograms Mm -hmm. and ultrasounds. Um, I want to stress that when you get your mammogram, you ask for a 3D mammogram. And I realize that okay. not all facilities have them, but more and more have them. They're, they're more uh, prevalent and um, there's access more now than ever. And so the mm-hmm. reason why I want to say a 3D mammogram, it has advantages in detecting breast cancer in people with uh, dense breast tissue. And because the 3D image allows doctors to see beyond areas of density in your breast. Mm-hmm. And most black and brown women have dense breasts. So Okay, can you whether, tell can you talk a little bit they about are big dense or small. breasts? What is <laughs> what does a dense small. breast consist of? Like so explain a, that a little bit for a me. A dense breast is a fatty breast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> when it be fluffy and nice. Fluffy. And even if you are not a busty girl, mm-hmm. let, let them you you got itty bitty you're in the little bit right? even if you're in the itty bitty club it can still be kind of fatty and dense mm-hmm. okay right? and so most black and brown women have them okay yes. and all my tissues is dense honey <laughs> but i'm trying to see like i'm not very soft you know all how some tissues. people you push on their titties and they real fluffy they real soft they're like yeah, real buoyant. i don't have that i'm not very yeah, soft like that right you here. my little sister and honey i know what you working with over there <laughs> <laughs> you got you got this you know you, you got, got this okay. tissues just like me <laughs> thank you all <laughs> I, I know uh, I, you know, I know what uh, Tristan got over there. So, okay. <laughs> so you still have them, but, okay. but Google is our friend, ladies. Um, but yeah. I, I, but Google is your friend, but you don't want to go down the rabbit hole and you don't want to go to yeah. the wrong information. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm big on the National Institute of Health. I'm big on Mayo Clinic. Those are two sites mm-hmm. that I like. Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned the Tiger Lily Foundation. I like them. Mm-hmm. And there's um, an organization, a small organization that I have gotten familiar with through social media called For the Breast of Us. Mm -hmm. And they are specific to black women. I don't know if you guys have seen, it's kind of been floating around social media, the picture of all the black women in the jeans Mm -hmm. with their breasts. Yes. Yes. That's that organization. We'll put all of that in the description yeah, box I'll, for I'll you all you, to check you know, out as well. Get on text and y'all tell me what you want and I'll send it to you and you can okay. get it in okay. the description for people. But I, I really want to say black and brown women have dense breasts typically. So that's mm-hmm. why a 3D mammogram is important. To make sure, sure we get to the root of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Are there ways that we that that we or our listeners can su- continue to support you or support 
um, your work? Are there things mm-hmm. that you want to promote That's here? A, like, well, um, nothing that I want to promote yet. Um, but okay. what I but what I want to say is when you are supporting breast cancer, when it's October and it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it's pink mm-hmm. stuff everywhere, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's walks and things like that. And that's cool. That's great. But mm-hmm. I want people to be intentional about what they're buying and what they're supporting. You know, mm-hmm. because it's some, you know, like everything else, people take advantage. Snakes. And so right. before, Absolutely. You, before you buy those, that pink t-shirt or that pink uh, ink pen or coffee mug, make sure that the proceeds, proceeds. are really mm-hmm. supporting and funding research and helping mm-hmm. women in real time, in real life as they deal with this. So mm-hmm. do, you know, be a little bit intentional about that and make sure that whatever you're doing, I mean, and I understand walks and honor of people and supporting people and that's great. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I've done it. I love it. But you know, everybody that, hey, you want to buy this? Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Okay, well, what are you really doing? Just, just, it's right. easy mm-hmm. to get caught up in the emotion. And that's with anything. We we know how that works. So I do just absolutely. Work, you know. Daria, we're so grateful for you coming through so and grateful. getting so personal and sharing your journey with us and with all of the listeners. I'm sure they're going to be super grateful. There's going to be plenty of listeners who, who um, can relate uh, mm-hmm. And we'll be really grateful for that, just that being seen in that in that way. So we're so, we love you immensely, and we're so grateful for you. Well, thank we're you. We're so I grateful you. for you. I love you both so so much. You know that y'all, we my little you. sisters, and um, I know for sure that this experience for me was not just about getting breast cancer. There's more to it, and mm-hmm. so there's so many people that have either experienced this or been touched by it in some way. So mm-hmm. if I can provide any support and be a resource, I have to do it. I have to do it. So. Well, you will tell the people how they can find you oh, publicly if they want to reach out <laughs> and ask you some of those questions. Okay, so my <laughs> socials are really private. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a private person. Mm-hmm. I'm a public person, but I'm a private person. Mm-hmm. But uh, my Instagram is that's Daria. You know, yep. that's Daria. So if you DM me and say, hey, I heard you on Getting Grown or whatever, mm-hmm. I'll let you in. I'll let you in. <laughs> I know that's right. All right, you got to know the password, though. You okay. got to know the password. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, hey, I heard you on Kia. I have some questions. DM me. Slide in my DMs and DM me, and I absolutely will um, open my heart and help people. I'm, I'm down for that. Y'all know that. And uh, then, you know, they can, they know how to get to me. You know, I'm Dustin. Yeah. And don't be sliding her DMs asking shit about Dustin either. Okay? <laughs> yes. Please. <laughs> and thank you. Don't do right. it. Okay? Have well, some well, coups. Listen, if they if they slide in my DMs asking about Dustin or any anybody in the crew, y'all know already I'm going to be like, eh, block. Exactly. Access denied. So you the broad game is strong and I don't play when it comes to my people. So I know if, that's if, right. If you do that, you can pretty much hang it up. I'll say that. Hang it. Wait, so how many aunties uh, we got left in the room? How many aunties one, of your of your cheerleading? On, okay, so come on, P- Aunt P- this Auntie PJ. Auntie PJ. Hey. How you doing, Mama? That's you all right. Amazing. I love you the look hair. Amazing. Look at y'all. You and Key are twins. Yes, they are. They are twins. Her hair is so. Listen, y'all. 
This is the fly on. Look at real fly. Michigan, real fly, y'all. I'm telling y'all. I know she's I know also, how Michigan black women do. Yes, honey. The, you know how you know, but that's also the you don't don't play. She 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 she, she, she don't play. Uh, her I'm name PJ is Auntie about, PJ. PJ. I think about that life. <laughs> okay, not, about that action. <laughs> She so, TTG, Auntie PJ, TTG. <laughs> that's how we get down. That's, that's right. right, Team TTG. The that's that's trained to go, Auntie. And then I got, I got two more that. Okay. Uh, I have four total, but two on each side from a mama and my daddy. Yes. I tell you, honey, they awesome. They true, we true. Rider dies around here. I'm blessed. I'm so thankful in every, every way. You know. That's and a, we you know what, and the fact that you express so much gratitude is what's so beautiful. Your attitude, I think, is really like a huge takeaway from this conversation. Oh. Is just because it's hard to stay positive in the in you know in spite of yeah. going through all of that. Fingernails, I'd never like fingernails. That's crazy to me, but it's we love you, and we are so grateful for you. We're grateful for your energy. We're oh. grateful for what you bring. Um, to the table just just energetically you're such a beautiful person daria and we're so grateful that you came and sat at the kitchen thank table you, thank you. we I'm love you table. i love y'all all right we're gonna move on to this next segment but make sure you all check out all the links in the description box that daria touched on we'll make sure that we have them there um and if you have uh poignant questions for her you know how to reach her, but if you don't, sure. then just Leave go on about alone. your business. All right. <laughs> so we'll move on. Bye. All right. Love y'all. This episode of Getting Grown is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. Win or lose, every little league team still ends up at McDonald's after the game. You have to either have your celebratory meal together or you just all need to commiserate and cheer each other up with good food. And you end up feeling like you won no matter what when you look around that table and see the faces of the people you love the most. And you can always depend on McDonald's Wi-Fi when you need it. I know I wasn't the only one to have some late night study sessions there. Everyone's been to a McDonald's birthday party at some point in their life, honey. Mine, I was 10 years old, was the last one I had. And there's <laughs> even, even a good chance you or someone you know got your first job at McDonald's. Or maybe you could stop by five times during your best friend's shift when they were working the counter, okay? Oh my God, that was me. I was the best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know it's a pit stop destination you can rely on during road trips. Look for a McDonald's at the next exit sign. If you drive up to a McDonald's on a Thursday evening and it's especially busy, it just might be bingo, bingo night. Ciao. I'm oh. loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. Honestly, truly. All right, it is time for the honesty box. Um, she gave herself a pseudonym, Regine Hunter, but I want to switch it because, you know, I, I I just like to do that. Okay. <laughs> so what do you want to call her? All right, that's fine. We can we can call her... Uh, let's see here. Let's call her... Okay, Jaleesa I love Vincent. it. See, I just want to hear Kia's pseudonyms. <laughs> <laughs> so Jaleesa Vincent writes, Hello, Chef Jade and Dr. Kia. I hope this message finds you well. You may call me Regine Hunter, but we're not doing that. You are now Jaleesa Vincent. Jaleesa. She said, if you like. So she knew. She knew what type of time we was on. I am emailing because you all have spoken about grief on this show beautifully. And I was hoping you ladies could provide me with insight. My mom, who was the only parent I've ever known past December 2020, and I have been completely lost without her. Mm. 
I'm an only child, and for 26 Aww. years, it was just my mom and I. I'm having a hard time bouncing back from the sadness, which my therapist has told me is perfectly normal considering the relationship we have. I'm not alone on this journey, but I still feel alone often. I know my mom prepared me for this, but sometimes I feel like I'm drowning. How do you all deal with grief when it's overwhelming and you feel like you cannot breathe? Any suggestions you offer are greatly appreciated. I love you ladies and respect you both so much, and I often look at you like big sisters in my head. Thank you for your vulnerability and continuous Bye. guidance as we endeavor the ghettos of adulting. Oh, Jaleesa. Girl, okay. Let's get to it. So, first of all, you're not supposed to be okay right now. You're not going to be okay right now. And I think I think I want to offer that you should. Well, it's my hope. I don't want to put any pressure on you. Um, but it's my hope that you release yourself of this pressure to be yeah. okay right now. December 2020 is just mm -hmm. within a year. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, you know, given when I think about my grief, the way that my my grief has showed up, uh, my brother has been gone for over mm -hmm. five years now, and Jay will tell mm -hmm. you that I'm not okay. And uh, I think it has forced me to sort of reconceptualize what mm -hmm. okay even means. Um, you know, grief is not something that you get over; it's something that you grow mm -hmm. around. Unfortunately, this is a this is a kind of grief that you're going to carry with you. And your grief is not something that you should be ashamed of. You know, I've said before, I, I, I look at my grief as a testament to the to the love and the, the weight of relationship that I had with, with my brother. And um, I see that as something that is honorable. I think you should, I would encourage and hope that you would Think of your grief as an yeah. honor. It's, just, it's a way that you honor your relationship mm -hmm. with your mom. And so to to the question, to the specific question of what do you do when it feels overwhelming, stop trying to outrun it and let it sort of do whatever it, it feels. And I will say that grief is dynamic. It's not something that's static. So whatever it is, it doesn't mm -hmm. stay that way. Um, so there will, there are totally moments when it will feel overwhelming. But you just like like the wave, you yeah. got to let it pass. And ride it. Um, mm -hmm. And ride it. You got to you ride the wave and give yourself permission to do that. And know that those who are in it with you will ride the wave with yeah. you. And you're not by yourself. I'm riding the mm -hmm. wave with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that you look to this space and Jade and I as a, as a outlet. Absolutely. And I hope that it continues to be a place where you can just sort of escape and just sit with us around the kitchen table. But this is something that, unfortunately, we are in the same club. And once you're in, you're in. I would encourage you, um, when you're ready, uh, to, and, and that's only to build on what Kia said, because I fully agree that you have to allow those emotions to do what they're going to do because you can't outrun them you can't they're going to show up in so many different ways and sometimes it's a matter of really sitting with what that emotion is 
and then just allowing that emotion to leave when it's time for it to leave and the new one to come in. Um, but I would encourage you also, and this is something that Kia has done um, and a number of my friends have done, um, is, is maybe seek out a grief counselor um, as well mm-hmm. as uh, maybe a support group of people who have lost parents or really dear people close to them and are having a hard time coping. Um, I would encourage you to seek out because community is such a vital key uh, in healing a lot of times, right? We have our moments where we need to sit with ourselves and we need to feel what we're going to feel. And then we have moments where we need to be enveloped in community and village. And so um, when you're ready, because this is so fresh, Jaleesa, I would encourage you to seek out that grief counselor and some sort of community that can love you and hold you when you really need that. Um, and I hope yeah. that that's helpful. And we we love you and yeah. we send you all of our hugs. And if you need to write us, if you need, you know, to start a community here, you know, until you're able to find one that's suitable for you, Kia and I are here for that. You know what I'm saying? And this is a great loss. This is not something that you're going to get over right now. This is not something you're ever going to get over. Your mother's going to live in your heart for the rest of your Mm -hmm. life, and she's going to walk with you. Um, But right now, in the physical sense, it is okay for you to feel what you feel. So just know that you're loved. Absolutely. And and you're held. Like, we, we got you. So I hope that's helpful. For sure. Um, continue to send your honesty box questions to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. And in whatever way you pray, whatever way that you, whatever way that you do, whatever, I just want everybody to hold Jaleesa tonight. I just want today. I just want you all to just take a second and just keep her. You know what I'm saying? Cause she needs it right now. So For let's sure. move on to our black woman self care. I did. All right, my black women self care this week. I'm gonna let y'all know right now it's ghetto, <laughs> but that's fine. It is that ghetto. Um, let me tell y'all something. I don't know if it's still the case, but when we recorded this, maybe two, three days before, before, so like October 20, this will air on mm-hmm. October 26th. Um. Check your mm. local listings because the Target got cheeses, two for five dollars, and there's a brand new flavor. Well, a flavor that I have never seen. Right? They oh. have hot and spicy cheeses, mm, mm, mm. and I, I want it. And just have been loving on myself through these cheeses. Right now, actually, and I just feel so much better about my life. And so, if you enjoy a I snack. Do. You know, the ministry of a good snack. I I admonish you. I admonish you to get down to your local grocer, to the Target, wherever cheeses are sold, and see if you can get your hands on a box of these good, hot and spicy cheeses. It's oops, thank you. And where's the hot and spicy? You are going to be. You're going to be nothing but blessed. You're going to be nothing but blessed. How dare you all give them three stars? Hating. you know you know you know the kind of people that leave them kind they're of no, they're, they're no good yeah. they're no good it's probably you know who it is who's leaving them in the reviews 
The chicken mm-hmm. was too the Karen, cheese. The, the chicken was too flavored. The chicken was just entirely too I bet it salty. Was. Oop! She just ordered salty. me some hot and spicies, and I think I'm gonna throw some. Um, ooh, do I want to do the duos or do I want to do the white cheddar? Yeah, I did the duos. I did. I did parmesan yeah. and sharp cheddar. That was the duo. That I'm going. I that's the one that's here. So I, they got cheese. It's grooves. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> yes, honey. I'm not. I'm not gotten into the grooves, but the grooves are advertised on the back of this box, and they have a cheddar ranch. And I said, "Oh, I'm oh, gonna have know, to get into her." You know. You know. I'm not really a ranch girl. I know, I know. I'm just black. You know, I know I'm one of those black people I that like really like ranch. But it's, but it's okay. fine. Y'all, it's all right. I know. Oh, but I, I, I think that's an amazing it's black okay. woman self care. And before I get into mine, you know, I want you all to notice the simplicity of Kia's black woman self care this week. It's not anything that's, you know, just way out there. She didn't have to go to a luxurious spa to have a self-care. She's like, I got me a box of Cheez-Its and they were great. You know what I'm saying? And so I want to shout out one of our GGBs who is very active on social media and also in our email inbox. His name is Joseph. Shout out to you, Joseph. Joseph, um, when at any time that he has 20 things on his heart, he unloads in the getting grown inbox. (laughs) And... And he's welcome welcome to do so so. because we ask for that. But what I want to encourage Joseph is as much as you need to get those things off your chest, just find just the teeniest small joys in life. Just the smallest thing. Like I clipped my toenail today and it was straight. Like I did a good job with it. It wasn't all diagonal and (laughs) curved. Yes, and I did a good job. You know, your self-care can be anything that you, that just made you feel better, even if it was for a millisecond out of the day. You know, and when we change our thinking into this way, and this is coming from somebody who, you know, loves the pessimist side of of life. (laughs) But I also understand how important it is for us to find those small joys and understand, you know, it's good for our health. It's good for our well-being, you know. So just find a millisecond of joy out of the day and say, okay, you know what? That was something that made me feel better today. So that's just a a little piece, you know, from, from Jadatha Brown. Um, <laughs> so, but Jada the Brown, and my, you're business. not getting ready to get out of here right now because you just scratched the door for me to let you in. Now you in and you want to go out. Um, do you hear her? I should I should take a video of the way she's carrying on at this door. My black woman, she she she, she likes doing? to. So when she wants to get out, she meows and then she reaches up and and like pause at the door. If she's on the other side and the door is cracked, she'll like push up and push it open so she can get in. She's smart. This one here, she's what a smart is? one. Um, my black woman self care this week is I was extremely kind to white people. Now I'm going to tell you why this was my self care oh. because you know I went I wow, went out of my way tell. to be kind. Um, and it was just from feeling on a human level. So I'm on the airplane headed back home and, you know, this couple gets on the plane. And so they asked the man in front of me, do you mind sitting by the window, um, there so that we can sit together? Now, all of this was in 
this comfort section of like bigger seats right so it's not like he would have been inconvenienced mm-hmm. to move back but he's like no i don't want to sit by the window so it was kind of like oh man okay and you know they felt bad i'm not mad have your boundaries you know what i'm saying you have a six mm-hmm. hour flight mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. or a five and a half hour flight home if you said i specifically do not want to sit by a window i'm not mad at that i don't care i don't get up I don't go pee on a plane. I refuse to pee on a plane. And so I just want my my comfortable seat. So I was like, hey, my man, you want to take my aisle seat? I'll take that window seat. And then you can let them people sit together since they got a they a couple and we got five and a half hours. And he was like, you sure? And I was like, yeah, take the seat. Nigga, like, come on. So then this big old Long Island white man across the way is like, that was really nice. That was really nice of you. That was just kind. I was like, well, that's the kind of nigga I am. I'm a kind person. I was like, you know, people is kind out here. I was like, and here's how you can pay that forward since you are so loud and robust on this plane. When I move up to that to that window seat up there, I was like, I need you to get my bag up there for me, okay? I was like, because I'm not going to be reaching back and get it. He was like, I got you. And so when we landed, my man with his very heavy paw uh, tapped me and said, which bag is yours? <laughs> and he got it for me and handed it to me. And it was just like, you know, a rotation, a circle of kindness kind. on this plane. But what fascinated Painful. me so was that it was just, it was mostly white people. And I was like, uh uh-uh, true and so i and so i was just very you she hear her and i was just really proud of myself for just being so kind you know and i i could have just shut my mouth and pretend i I'm didn't hear anything well, but i didn't too. do that and i ended up sitting next to a a I'm delightful little old couple who fascinated me they were about 85 years old and the wife was enjoying a bag of cheetos and when i tell you i was getting my life <laughs> watching her enjoy this bag of these niggas had uh they was white they had she had her cheetos my man ordered the cheese plate from JetBlue, and then and then mama pulled out like a cronut and a, like a um and a bear claw out of her Come back. On. When I tell you they had endless snacks in their bag. Go ahead. No, I did not eat any of them, I but it brought food. me joy to watch them just produce all these snacks. So that was my black woman self-care this week. We have a strong yeah, snack culture. You know, we, we get busy with the snack. I was kind to white people this week. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Right, I'm proud you so of you. Much. And I mean, look at how you're kind. Right? Just started a wildfire. That man might kindness. vote blue after that. <laughs> he just might. We can only hope and pray. We can only hope and pray. Shall we move along to these petty peeps, um, though? Because I was kind enough. Let's do it. Okay. Let's I'm with it. it. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. It is time to put our petty on parade, and I'm ready to be a blimp okay because (laughs) as kind as i was on the airplane before i got on that airplane i had to let a couple people know about themselves so i'm sure i'm in the airport at one of those little small stores and what i'm looking for is is personal kleenex because i ran out right Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm, so i'm looking mm -hmm, for personal mm -hmm. kleenex so you know they got the wall of stuff where Mm -hmm. you can get all kinds of little travel stuff Um, So I'm just like looking, looking, looking. Well, this girl walks in front of me in between me and the aisle. Mind you, there was Mm. plenty of space behind me, but she walks right in front and it is clear. And I'm not standing all back. 
Like, I don't have my seat pushed all the way back. Like, I'm literally on the aisle, like, looking, like, where is the Kleenex? And she going to walk in between me and the wall of stuff. Hmm. So I was like, "That's is this how you move in life? You just walk in front of people and you don't say shit? Mm-hmm. You don't say nothing. I was like, who raised you, web toes? Because she had these weird web toes and these white Birkenstocks. She was what? working my nerves. She goes, I did Her say, excuse me, out? you didn't hear me in my mask. I said, then assert yourself. I was like, but but more than that, don't walk in front of people. Walk behind. So what's wrong with you? So there was that. So don't do that to people. And then there was also, you know, when they tell you at the gate, we call in sections. So don't come up here until your section is called. Because it's counterproductive. Well, niggas don't listen and they all gather anyway. And I happen to be in a seat on the end of stuff and, you know, waiting for my section to be called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so people are all gathering. They're all about. And it was two white men. It's always white men. It was oh, two yeah. white men who are walking with their things with just like reckless abandon their stuff is swinging so they'll have like a rolling bag and then like a laptop bag or something but it's just swinging with reckless abandon when i tell you by the time this first one knocked me in the side of my head and didn't say nothing and it just Mm. shocked me so i didn't even get a chance to say no but the second one i played tetherball i knocked his shit right across his body it was his bag swung in my direction and I swung it back the other way where it wrapped around mm. his little body. And I said, you need to watch your shit. Mm. Don't be walking through people and you know you have a bag hanging off your arm and you're letting it swing with reckless abandon. It's like, watch your shit. I'm sitting here and I'm not in a place I'm not supposed to be. So guess what he did? He watched his shit after that. I'm <laughs> He watched his shit. So those are my petty peeves. Don't walk in front of people when they're looking at stuff in the store. And if you do, if you have no other place to go, say, excuse me. But if you have somewhere else to go, go there. If you can go around, do that and watch your shit. And that's it for my petty peeves. What you got? Um, Mine is really petty. And it's because, you know, this is all things that are beyond all of our control. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As we all know, I'm a tall yeah. and uh, as such. I've been I've been facing some difficulty in the area of buying pants that fit me oh. and my body. Oh. Um, I I really have been looking for a good pair of high waist jeans. You know, I I've been seeing a lot of the the companies and you know little online boutiques and stuff. The trend right mm-hmm. now that I'm seeing a lot is like the mom jean, like a distressed mm-hmm. jean that's mm-hmm. high waist, wide mm-hmm. leg. You know. It's a, it's a full look. And I have yet to find a pair of those pants with an inseam that works for me. Have you looked on the ASOS? So the thing about the... I have looked on the ASOS. Okay. And the thing about ASOS is... Um, <sighs> I really struggle with... Um, those you know the european sizes sometimes and um so because i think the cut of things can be weird so like ordering from those kind of international sites Mm -hmm. when it comes to pants Mm -hmm. when we do like dresses and 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 things with lycra (laughs) (laughs) that sort of blessing you know i can really you know dig my teeth into that but Yes. When it comes to denim, mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm a tall, but I also have a particular 
set of you ass circumstances. And thighs. It's a triple situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding pants that would suit all of my unique and individual needs has been a particular struggle. And I know, okay. and I've, you know, I've taken to the Twitter to voice my frustrations, as I typically do. And of course, all of the average height people have piped up and said that I'm being insensitive and all of that. And I recognize You're being that, insensitive said, to what? Because I said, you know, I said, you know, I said, uh, you know, this is, I, I mean, because, you know, I'm lashing out. And I said, forgive me. I'm lashing out because I'm frustrated. But I found a particular pair of pants. It was like a faux leather mm-hmm. pair of pants. High waisted. Mm-hmm. I was really excited. Like, oh, I think this might be cute. Until I saw that the inseam was only twenty nine inches, and I said, "Whose legs? Whose oh. <laughs> legs?" Mine. Yeah. Exactly. And there were so many yeah. people that were just like, "Those will actually fit my legs." And I'm like, "We're not talking about you right now, but not, you know, I understand. I give you grace, you know, and forgive me. Oh, I'm lashing man. out in my frustration." No, ain't no forgetting you for you're frustrated because you can't find a damn pit. Now I will tell you I this: I can't find the pain. I don't. I obviously I don't. I, you know, I think I do, but I don't share your frustrations yeah. in the inseam department. But mm-hmm. I do share your frustrations in the ass, hips, and thighs department. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I can tell you that I was surprised to find ASOS jeans. Okay, maybe I'll just maybe I've just been hesitant. Okay. Yeah, I and you can I'll buy, them... like, two sizes if you range between, okay. you know, a what and a what. Okay. And then, like, um, I'll and you go. range between a what and a what, you know. But I do find that, uh, and I think I bought a couple pairs of the, the quote-unquote mom jeans from there that ended up working. So I would also like to say um, that this current moment that we're having in fashion as it relates to these yeah, yeah. clunky... yeah. yeah. Heavy. Oh man. Shoes. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to be able to participate in this. No. Um, Because I also am a woman of a particular shoe size and just mentally can't look down and see my foot looking like a a a recliner. (laughs) Like I mean the the shoes are huge. Like what in like I'm literally looking at these shoes. Looking at them like these shoes look like, <laughs> like motor homes. Feet. They, they look like mo- mobile homes. They look like trailers. And I just cannot. Like this. I can't. I mean, high end, <laughs> low end. Yeah. All of us are having a very clunky, heavy heeled, thick soled moment. Yeah. And I am perplexed. <laughs> I just, I just you know, don't and know. the clunky, like, I, I enjoy a clog. Right. Okay. I've always been a clog girl. Because you're crunchy. You know. Yeah. It's just and a crunch I have in never. Me. I've probably never owned a clog in my life. Oh, I've I've owned a clog at multiple ventures of my life. I believe it. Um, I think starting in like, and I'm not bullshit. Like fifth grade. Um, <laughs> I think Crocs. You know. <laughs> my Crocs are the closest that I come to clogs. Oh honestly. no, honey. I'm I'm full. Uh, what's that lady's name? What's the white lady? We uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and and uh, my girl. Okay. Uh, oh my Mama God. loves a clog. Okay. A Charlotte Eesh. Stone, honey. I do. But and that's about as clunky as I'm going. But these sneakers y'all are putting on your feet, I cannot get behind this. These L.A. gears and these um. Big old Big. Suzuki's or I whatever. Mean, what are the things called? I don't know. I just hate I don't them. Know, all. But I'm, I'm seeing. I've me. seen these big Bottega Veneta boots. 
the Prada boots. Everyone's all of the boots are very, very give, giving lots of material, lots of rubber. And I'm just like, okay, guys, if this is what we're doing, I just don't know that I'll be able to participate. It's going to be a lot for me. I just and don't these know designer shoes, because you saw my stories the other day when I was down at the Nordstrom, and Yo, you saw all those god awful Balenciagas. Oh, the police! Oh, right away. I couldn't believe. I said, "Is this they, a joke?" Balenciaga has put heels on on thong, croc, rubber, rubber heels on thong sandal Crocs. And, bur- and rubber Birkenstocks and furry slippers. And they're just this little cork, this little screw heel. It's so it. fucking ugly. It is. I, don't I was it. perplexed. I said that so I know somebody's buying this and it's going to anger me who is. But yeah. I know somebody in Balenciaga got this ugly ass. Um, it looks like like they running for, for, for presidency. <laughs> they're like with the swish swish. I hate everything about it. I hate it. And I can't oh, believe man. they seriously put these shoes out. I said, what kind of dicks are y'all smoking? Because <laughs> this is obscene. This is ugly. This is ugly on another level. Remember back in the day when they came out with Fugly? This is what Fugly is. It's like I just can't do it, Captain. I can't. My mother used to hate when we said fugly. She'd be like, stop cussing. <laughs> Come on, fugly. We're like, oh, we merged it together. It's implied. Anyway, it's, that's another episode of Game It is implied. It's implied. It's like, I know your mouth is filth. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to our foolishness. Thank you to Daria for yes. coming through and sharing her personal experience with okay. breast cancer as we close out Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, we hope that her experience brought some light to somebody else. And please keep in mind again that this is her personal experience. This is not law. This is not everybody's. Um, but we wanted to hear from somebody who has thrived and survived, um, thrived and survived from breast cancer. So we want to really thank Daria for coming and sitting with us at the kitchen table. And thank you all as always for coming through and supporting us and sitting with us and, you know, dealing with our foolishness and joining in with it and also bringing your insight and all of that. We love you. You are our community. And sister, take us out. Tell the people what to do. As always, you want to make sure that you're moisturizing your mind by attending Mm. to the business that is yours. You want to make sure that you are doing all that you can to moisturize your insides by drinking as much water as you possibly can each day. Okay, mm-hmm. every day. Not just one or two days a week, but you got to drink your water every day. And if you mm-hmm. want to really sort of maximize this trifecta, right, mm. you want to also moisturize your skin because that is going to ensure that you'll be able to uh, have all this moist, juicy, plump, elastic, you know, skin with yeah. some bounce back on it. Okay? That's going to keep that you neck. young. Don't forget to get youthful. And you want to, you want to, when you moisturize, you want to think up. You don't want to sag yes. down. You want to moisturize up. in an upward motion. Mm. And that yeah. will not only ensure that your skin will remain juicy and plump and delicious, mm. it will make sure that it will not crack because it's dry. Because that's what black things do when they dry, they crack. They crack. All right. All right. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>